I've spent most of the morning catching up with my journal. Albie was up early and has made a camp with a sense of permanence about it, a welcome awakening as we have been traveling hard this last week. The horses are in need of rest. D. Downey has gone fishing, and I plan to hike into the Elkhart Mountains. I spent the afternoon sketching, my feet dangling from the edge of a rock cliff a thousand feet above the valley floor. The Elkharts towered above me another five thousand feet. From there I could follow the red of D. Downey's Mackinaw as he weaved at a fisherman's pace along the river. I watched Albie tend to the camp for a few hours, then he rode east in search of game. We are eight days north of the newly established Yellowstone National Park. The valley is small, perhaps thirty miles long and about ten miles wide. Its size seems inviting after the vastness of the Yellowstone. The Elkhart River flows north, and from this afternoon's vantage point, I could clearly see the tributary that joins the river across from our camp. Mountains sweeping and wooded to the south and the east, violently jagged to the west. Rolling hills and distant ranges give the valley its northern border. The beauty of this valley, well, There aren't any words for it, so I won't even try. But simply put, it is the most incredible place I have ever seen. Tonight, over an entree of partridge a la Albi and the remaining stores of our liquor, we were in agreement. This campsite was the most spectacular since we left Jackson's Hole, which will be a month ago tomorrow. An indescribable beauty, or so I thought, but D. Downey, after a considerable portion of the whiskey, seemed to sum it up quite well. According to the good book, it took six full days for God to create the heavens and the earth, but I would wager he did the whole job in five. Then on the sixth day he got up early, and he worked late, and he gave this little valley his undivided attention, before he rested on the seventh. It was the bonniest place D. Downey had seen since he left Berwick on Tweed, and tears welled up in his eyes. Sorry, boys, he explained, but I always get all waxed and lyrical when I think about the heather. Albie, a man who has trapped nearly everywhere in the Rockies, was even more succinct. Purtiest country I ever did see. Makes a feller feel all powdered up inside his head. Makes a feller want to spit whiskey. Tomorrow, D. Downey and I plan to do some fishing up on Carry Creek. And here, dear diary, I must report on some indulgences. Earlier this evening, as the sun was taking its leave, it lit an aspen grove above the stream flowing in across the river. The gold of the leaves reminded me of Carry. If hair could be seasonal, then Carry's would be autumn and I said as much to D. Downey. He agreed, saying that would be a good name, Carry Creek. Albie then informed us that very few places had names in the Elkhart other than the river and the mountains. Go ahead, he said. Name her Carry Creek. The name just might stick. With that, I fear, I jarred the lid to Pandora's box, and before we could put our humilities in check, We had come into the valley over Albi Pass,
we are camped in the shadow of Mount D. Downey, and, I am embarrassed to report, this last entry is being written from the floor of Travers Valley.